You right? You need any water? No, I've got water. Okay. I'm gonna take a swig. Yeah, I'm gonna have one too. <sighs> Welcome to the latest <laughs> ASMR podcast. <laughs> Okay, uh, welcome to another checkpoint module, which we are sticking with. (laughs) We've got that, yeah, module 1.4. This is module 1.4, thank you very much. Mm. Um, Just as it's any other business, quickly to start with, not that we've been through any other business before starting this. No, but we've got business now, that's the point, and thank you very much for your business. Thanks for your business. Yeah. Um, We... uh, I have reached out to Team Seventeen just to let you know, no. uh, and they uh, and uh, I'm confident that our audio imagery from Boggy B, who is the famous worm from the Worms franchise, will be joining us as uh, a voice on the podcast. So, and I am confident that with a two hundred pound basic studio fee plus two hundred pound buyout, it's highly unlikely. Tell me, <laughs> they still own Worms. Uh, Team Seventeen is incredible because they're one of the few British publishers developers that still own their IP and are still completely and utterly in control of it so if they say yes then we're laughing yeah so let's hope so but who, who is that was it like the guy the developer that, um, that I voice? don't actually know the answer to that but I'm because sure there will be otherwise iterations. it's a £200 basic studio fee and it's a £200 <laughs> buyer and it's not happening to me whereas I am free also we have got new imaging yes um, some new bits of audio for this podcast yes. particularly in the quiz listen out yes there's some really cool question one oh, stuff where I've pitch shifted myself and I can't wait to play you the other bit <laughs> that I got f- I made a discovery well, don't get too excited because if Team Seventeen come back with the audio imagery, you're, you're just going to drop me you're like out. Of course, you are. <laughs> I'll be off the podcast. I know how this works. Uh, it's not like this hasn't happened before. Oh, steady, steady. I didn't, I didn't say that. Um, we've funny. got a thousand-year contract, <laughs> which we've agreed to. Um, so, listen, we we were in Paris earlier this week, right? Yes, we were. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, you well, got, I was, you got yeah, I was in your mum's house. <laughs> I was in your mum's house. Yeah, hilariously, it wasn't the rebel-strewn one from Street Fighter Two, which we discussed. (laughs) No, it wasn't. Well, I mean, not really. Yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, we so we went to Paris to uh, look at this new game, a a plague, a plague tale, a plague tale indeed. And we did sort of ask about the whole singularness of a. Yeah, I, I as opposed to the yeah I I so the first thing that I thought about was is it's a plague tale and the immediate thing that I thought was Chaucer Canterbury Tales a Knight's Tale and Miller's Tale so, yeah quite so, different to Chaucer yeah, well yeah. you say that well it wasn't a ribald no but thing it was still about a gat toothed women and <laughs> jolly times yeah no was it no it was I mean no it, it was absolutely horrific Tamer <laughs> you took me to Paris and traumatized me you made me get up at five in the morning. And then go and see something utterly devastating and panic-inducing. Yeah. And then took me back. Yeah. And you thought it was uh, it was going to be something else altogether. It was it was an an interesting trip. I mean, the game was brilliant. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, I think the most sort of abiding thing that emerged from our trip was to discover that Paris is a city of blow-offs. Um, the parping was unbelievable. <laughs> so it was incredible. The taxi driver. Yeah, that was one. the one. So we we were just leaving, oh, having no. having played this game. I was just sort of shaking and vomiting and crying, and uh, because of my lack of pro- pro- proposal, I have to add as well. Don't blow, don't blow that. You can't blow that. Okay. Yeah. Look, I'd expected something to happen in Paris. All right, and it. Well, you'll find out. Anyway, we were getting the cab back to the station. Now, if you were picking someone up to go to take them somewhere and you're waiting outside the building, you know they're coming out any minute. Do you, A, drop a hot one, drop a hot one inside your car, okay, and wait for them to arrive, or B, get out of your car and then drop a hot one, hoping it will disperse before they arrive? Answer, A. A? You do one in the car. Well, that's according to the Parisian cab well, he driver. Was outside, we outside, remember? He was he was standing outside. But you cannot. It was pure in there. It was pure. Like but there was a like feeling. a heat shimmer in the car. <laughs> I have a feeling that he 
got out to drop one and couldn't quite oh, drop the miasma because you can never cut it. No, you, you can can't. never cut it the can cord. Ne- you can never cut the cord. I'm so sorry we're talking um, about that. Anyway, we, we went out to see. Well, it kind of ties in with the plague because we did feel. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I can't wait to find out how you do this. <laughs> Go on, son. Uh, it, it felt like we had been hit by a plague. <laughs> we had been thrown back in our seats, discombobulated, convulsing, vomiting, convulsing, vomiting, and opening windows yeah. and the poor guy must have thought no i he enjoyed no, he, he it he, it was he a power doing. play he, he, he loved was. it he was he was waiting outside of the he ushered me into my side of the oh yeah yeah, yeah. Car. and then he did with his hand he did that wafting thing <laughs> <laughs> open your window get it all in love yeah um but yeah no so, so it, it was a Apart from that... Yeah, well, and then you had it again on the Eurostar on the way back. Oh, oh my... Yeah. Yeah. That was horrific. I like, mean, if it guy, was a one-time thing, I wouldn't have bothered bringing it up. No, no, but. no, it was really bad, because the guy sit, sitting next to me, I sat down, and there was this... It was just horrific, and I just thought maybe it'll go, it'll pass. It didn't pass. Mm. It wasn't thought, me, by the way. It no, was... it wasn't, because we, we actually missed both of our trains, not through our own fault. They were cancelled and we were put on different trains. Um, but this was awful. It should be a controlled substance. It should be. I mean, it's more dangerous than drugs. I mean, it's killing the planet. Well, it is. Let's not get into that. No. Let's get back to A Plague's Tale. So we went, yeah. to, we went to Paris. Now... This was the first time you went on like a, a, a press junket. It was a, this was a, a pretty kind of quick turnaround when we were we were in and we were out all in the same day. Mm. Um, so luckily it was Paris and and it was you know we got in and and it was it felt like we were kind of travelling back through time because as the sun was rising and the frost was melting and the mist was rising, it really felt like we were going through a medieval. Oh, Tamar. It didn't it? Yes, no, it did. And 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 when we hit Paris, it was sunny, which was bizarre. It was like the whole the whole thing around Paris was foggy. But you get into Paris and and, yeah. and nothing. But it was it's beautiful. We got in and we we drove to Focus Interactive with the publishers of the game, uh, Serbo's. Uh, developing the game they came up from Bordeaux oh. um, which you had a lovely chat with yeah, I, I had no idea that you, you have a history with Bordeaux well not really I'm mean, not a huge history but I've got some friends in Bordeaux and it is a lovely town and it is I can see how it would inspire a plague tale because there is a lot of kind of medieval sort of stuff going on there yeah some old stone business happening all over the shop and that you know and rats everywhere well it was it was interesting because one of the things they were really keen to tell us was um that the plague was a was a european wide thing this was one of the things that really intrigued me was how much they kind of invested into the history of the subject matter and and tried to relate it now we we say this time and time again on on checkpoint obviously um it's still a game it has to be entertaining but there was some really interesting kind of threads that they pulled in we saw the french inquisition for example yes um you know which was which was which was not john cleese no (laughs) that was the other one and then that was really good but i i feared that it would be a bit kind of trite um a little bit kind of lost in translation um, I didn't really think that you'd get the emotional connection because it's about a brother and a sister, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you. I mean, you were speculating before we mm. saw the game that yeah. you were saying it's all going to be about the relationship between the, the two kind of protagonists, which is a, a, an elder sister and a younger brother. Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting there going, wow, they've got three different kinds of vegan sandwich. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it it was... It was really good. I mean, we both sort of said that it's it's a game. It's kind of like almost all crime drama on TV. If yeah. if you're a parent, it's quite hard to watch. Yeah, it was really hard. I mean, it was really hard because not only was the subject matter difficult, it was brutal. They'd brought through that medieval brutality that you'd mm. expect from an inquisition and you'd expect from villagers that weren't particularly well educated. And we, we saw all of that playing through. And, and at the core of it were these two children effectively who didn't they were siblings but they didn't know each other yeah i mean there was no there was no kind of relationship really because the younger boy had been um had he was, been he'd been ill kind of thing hadn't he yeah. yeah he'd been quarantined because he'd had the plague and 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 he'd overcome it one of very few people mm. but his father was the lord yes um, two unlikely heroes thrust together under difficult circumstances just like ratchet and clank <laughs> or jack and daxter <laughs> <laughs> true that true that i can't slightly I can't, different vibe slightly different vibe i mean the but that relationship was that, that was that was the key thing was getting that right i think if they didn't get that right if you didn't feel any empathy for one character or the other that was it yeah 
Well, and then we had to sit and play through, and I took like nine hours, and everyone was sitting there going, Oh, are you still there? Oh, no. Oh, no. And I said, Shut up. That was just me. Quite defensive. But, you know, I, that's the point is that my role here is to be the non-pro gamer. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and actually, what was really nice, I think, was, you know, we were there in a capacity to, to obviously play the game, but everybody else was there, knew the game, and kind of followed it. You know, there were a couple of journos that kind of had already been following it and were really keen. We didn't really know much about it no. at all. And we were the first to play the game. And yes. so the, the game developers, bless them, were watching us like hawks. Mm. I mean, it did look like me whenever I do a piece of work and I, I put it in front of Kim, my partner. I'm like, what do you think? And I suddenly realised what that feels like. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's something hard. someone I mean, else has made while they watch you. The feedback is really important for these guys, you know, and, and, you know, there are a couple of, if there are a couple of bugs they want to know about it, and these are things that they need to iron out, but it was stunning. It was beautiful. It, it was. The music was, I mean, you fell in love with the music as well. The music was great. So the, it was all on sort of authentic period instruments, but kind of more of a sort of ambient soundscape. So it was kind of contemporary styled, but with these kind of nice old sounds and stuff. I want to do a music. Can we do like a special about music? Yeah, of course we? we can. Okay, great. Of course then. we can. There's so much great music. I mean, we've got, we've got Hans Zimmer writing music and video games so i mean yeah so there's a whole there is a whole okay, there's great. more than one one episode good um but uh, i loved that and i i loved the look of it and what i found kind of frustrating was uh feeling that I, I was having to rush my way through this game and i couldn't just stop and just take in the the whole look of it because i mean it it was really it was a nice like it wasn't they were sort of saying they didn't want it to be particularly pantomime ye olde medieval yeah. France and so and it wasn't but it well know, they took actual locations from Bordeaux didn't they yeah it felt very kind of it was a very tactile kind of environment you could see the moss and on the stones and you, you kind of just wanted to be there a bit it was a linear game I have to say I mean you, there are elements of sandbox and as, as we kind of progressed through we got to chapter four or five I think and and um as you progress through the, the the chapters, the kind of play areas get wider, and the way to do things can can change slightly, not mm. not to deviate. But um, but I did ask. I mean, I asked um, I asked uh, David about why it was so important for them to create that relationship between the two siblings, and and how that developed over the course of the game. This is what I had to say. David Deden, and I'm creative director at Azobo Studio. Is it hard to write? That's the reason why we kept him at some point of the concept. We, we were talking a lot about how old Hugo needs to be. And um, we decided to keep him as young as possible because actually, after lots of discussion, we realized that it was easier to write for him because when you, at this age, you actually you are much more innocent, and I, I tend to believe that it's it it's it it was the case at this age. It was the case at the prehistorical time, and will gonna be the case in the future. future you, if we all don't no die future. from climate change. <laughs> oh, sorry, I forget. Future. I just <laughs> future. Wow. <laughs> We're dead in 50 years. I don't know. I, 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 I'm sorry. I had a, a moment of... Um, yeah, yeah. What, what are you thinking? It is the emotion of the interview. Oh, on, yeah. <laughs> so, if... <laughs> um, no, but you get the idea. Yeah, it's like It's like it was actually a good way to frame the way he reacts and to be true with all of the other aspects of the game, like... Authenticity, sincerity, in, in, in the, the, the the beauty of the relationship, the innocence, etc., etc. It was easier this way. It, if if it was if he was ten, at ten you start to have more attitude. Um, attitudes. Thank you. Or it doesn't work in French, but it, it, it makes I exactly see what you're meaning. Yeah. Uh, like or second thinking, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, this type of thing. So he's quite direct. Uh, so you, so you hear, you hear from that 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 was actually that was as we'd suspected and as we were talking about before we saw it. That was that's the key kind of element for the game. Uh, the backdrop of the plague was 
obviously very interesting and 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 we discussed that as well in great detail but that relationship was was really important mm. and i know that you, you i think you had some reservations about how kind of linear the gameplay was mm. and how you're kind of herded through it yeah in a way to me as a non-professional gamer oh well, that's right. I, I kind of enjoyed that i liked that actually you know it was it was fairly straightforward what i what i needed to do and i i kind of liked that because actually it's so narrative driven the game that if i myself was finding it hard to actually advance the narrative i'd find that quite frustrating yeah I, and actually that became very clear to me after we'd kind of after we'd spoken about it because I suppose it's it's a kind of a reflection of the game itself. The game holds your hand as you hold the hand of your younger brother. Oh, well done, Tamar. That's beautiful. Thanks. That's uh, really good. But it, that was the line of the podcast. <laughs> we can stop now. We can stop now. Yeah. But it, it does, and I think that's really important. I think if if we gave, I mean, as as you you know as you heard, if if we gave that kind of space for the gamer to explore the world, then you lose something from the narrative. And I think you have to be so tightly um, adhered to. Uh, the narrative you can't really deviate and actually it's not about finding little gems or little boxes or treasures it's about getting the hell away from yeah. this play get the children away yeah from i mean the first time you saw the rats what did you think i didn't enjoy that it was I I mean, there's it. a really horrible underlying because it was alluded to in the very first part of the game do you remember we're out in the woods with your yeah. father the dog goes missing yeah you follow the dog and immediately there's a there's a real it's very cleverly done. Mm. You go from light and 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 life mm. and flowers and greenery and and god rays and and to just bleak, dark, <laughs> yeah. dirty. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes, it's awful. We should we should mention that I think the lighting in the game was staggering. Yeah, staggeringly good. The dappled light on the characters as they walk through the leaves, um, but then also inside the kind of murky light yeah. from the fire and, and so much of the gameplay is about that so um, I guess they had to get that right but well tell I us I mean tell us about the gameplay because we haven't actually spoken about the can, gameplay can we talk about the let's game- talk about the can gameplay can we talk yeah, about the game- can, of course we can well it was I, I really liked I, I felt that it was really smartly paced you know for all that it's linear um, you kind of had moments where you are running blindly through a walled city trying to get away from an angry mob uh, but then other moments where you have to just take it right down and crouch and do that whole kind of running behind guards who I have to say do somewhat theatrically pause to look at overturned pots and oh, things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watch this. Yes. I must inspect it with <laughs> all of my visual. Ca- and you've got plenty of time to sneak past generally, yeah. although I could not get past one bit for toffee, but um so um, I quite liked that. The, the pacing yeah. I thought was really smart. Yeah. Well, I really liked the uh, use of light and dark. I mean, that was something that a lot of games use and a lot of, uh, that mechanic is, is, is overused. But actually, when you're looking at it from a, a puzzle perspective and when you're... So, so the idea is, is that in these dark areas, that's where the rats can kind of come out and kill you. And they swarm. They, are, they is... do swarm. You can see from the pictures that we posted from, from yeah. Paris, that whole kind of bunch of... You're talking Rats. about a shoal. Yeah, well, I'd say more than a shoal. I'd say a, a herd. Do you reckon there's a boss level with a rat king? What is the... Uh, well... <laughs> I don't know what the collective noun for for rats are. Um, I think it's a post-Brexit currency of rats. <laughs> I mean, that was the thing. I, I just looked at it and just saw money, you yeah. know, because I'm gearing up for Brexit. <laughs> I know how this works. <laughs> but it, the, the way in which you travel through the stages and the way that you have to use light and the way that you have to use your slingshot and the way that you have to use the tools around you, there's a very light upgrading system. So, you, you know, your character is, a, a, is a, a, a 14-year-old girl or something like that. 12, I think. 12-year-old girl. And she has a slingshot. It's her only method of, of kind of defense against the inquisition but when it comes to the rats she can't use a slingshot to kill yeah. these hundreds of thousands of rats that are just appearing out of nowhere and that's where the light comes in and there are elements of kind of like puzzlers and you know mm. you mentioned something about kind of being a little bit tomb raidery at one point where yeah i mean there's bits of the whole kind of was it metal gear solid where you had to run behind people's yeah backs yeah, yeah. well there's loads there's hitman metal gear solid stealth okay. games there's black li- um splinter cell stealth games um that's the generic term that is the ge- yes that is the <laughs> um yeah, and uh, I, I can't describe the crushing sense of uh, anguish 
and agitation when you fail and watch a 12-year-old girl being run through by right. a, a soldier's rapier. I know. Like, it, it's horrific. Yeah. There's no mercy. It is brutal yeah. in that but respect. That, but that is... And, and, it, and even on another level, when you're going through the village or the town that is under your father's control, he is the lord of the manor, he is the knight that's responsible for these lands, and they just turn on you. And, it, and, mm. it, and, it, and it's just horrific. You feel... If they, we're parents, right? Mm. And I felt very quickly. I felt like they were my kids. Mm. That I had to look out for them. That I had to protect them. And I was getting really angry mm. with the adults in the game, um, like <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. really angry. It was, um, it was interesting, and I was very surprised to discover how many of the people who worked on uh, the game were parents themselves. Mm. And one of the woman, I can't remember her name. Well, Aurélie, Aurélie. I can't remember what her role was. I think she was publicity officer or something um communications i think comms marketing and she said that her kids are currently i think uh, 12 her kids i think are 12 and 7 and i think i think in in the game it's 10 and 5 or something Yeah, yeah yeah and they've been developing this game for four years i was like your kids were right in this how how did you cope with watching these kids being splatted up your screen all the time And she was like, "Oh, you know." <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a That's video. I think, you, for I think you. you get you get disconnected, but it's it's funny because you know we spoke to uh, to Kevin, who's the game director, um, and one of the things I asked him was, "Is that this is about the relationship with the two kids, right?" So, if the game flops, or if the if the if if it doesn't work, if that relationship doesn't work, then the game will flop. What is what's what's the plan? Uh, because it is a tale. Are there? Are there? Is there room for more tales? And and what's the plan then, if it doesn't work that way? And and this is what he had to say. I'm Kevin Choteau. I'm the game director. You write a story, and you you hope that it it sounds right in terms of pacing, in terms of moment, and what you are bringing to uh, to this it seems um, true. I would say uh, true to uh, yeah, and. And it's just by failing that you will learn that it, no, it's not working. Like we've iterated um, thousands of times on our story, our pacing, or everything. And and if you ask me, I won't be satisfied. Like never, we want to still to change things, to update things, to. But since um, player that have tried the game. Um, are giving us the good feedback that the the feedback that we want in terms of perception of the story, the relationship. It seems it seems to say that uh, we are on the right spot, but there's no good recipe. It's like every time we we try something, we we build up a new chapter or something, we, we fail. Like yeah, dramatically. <laughs> you know, I feel like they've missed a trick. What's that? Which, Which is, trick? I think, maybe instead of having, you know, the, the little girl and the little boy as the core characters, it should have been like a, a cartoon rat and it should have been a plague tale, T A I L. I feel like they really missed. <laughs> I think that would change the tone. Huge, I mean, huge you're, you're, miss. It's open goal, guys. You're, you're, in, you're in Basil Great Mouse Detective territory now. <laughs> now you're talking. <laughs> Some of the greats. So, some of the greats of all time. Famous rats and video games. We'd love to know, actually. Yes. If anybody's out there that's listening to this that, that wants to talk to us about famous rats in video games. We don't care about movies, don't care about anything else, but we want to know. So your just rats. A, original game rats. Like original video game rats. OGRs. And Splinter from uh, the Turtles doesn't necessarily count. Okay. Because he's not a video game yeah. rat. We want video game rats. So Ratatouille times, they're not, that's not happening. No, I mean, that's all Disney. I want a, a original video game rat characters you can message us at twitter uh, at checkpoint mzine you can email us at checkpoint at mcdoosmedia.com how do you spell mcdoos m-a-g-d-o-o-s media.com what's mcdoos mean uh, Magdus is a stuffed aubergine. Mm. It's very complicated. Um, it's, <laughs> is that well, your not, Facebook status <laughs> with a stuffed aubergine? It's complicated. Well, it's bizarre because I got because that before. She walked I, in. What? I, I named the company Magdus Media, and my logo is an aubergine. And sure. a couple of years later, the Instagram emoji happened. Yeah, yeah emojis fine. kicked in. Great. Oh, anyway, so or you can change. visit us at CheckpointMagazine.com and you can contact us there. But a, a, a plague tale, really exciting and, and actually quite disturbing. And if you have children, 
it's it's not it's, it's hard it's hard it's going. Really hard it's, going it's it's a game to play in your 20s when you you, you, you more care. closely identify with the kids <laughs> yes i suppose without yeah, feeling really... responsible for them i think yeah you said i remember that th- this is the sort of game that you would sit down and do in one hit yeah. and probably never go back to exactly. you'd enjoy it but you'd never go back yeah i i totally disagree because i found it way too intense and i need like i i would say there are 17 chapters in this game i could probably do two chapters a night Really, and then I'd need a little time out and maybe I suppose a warm milk. It was t- it was taking you a little bit longer. All right, which is which is probably why here we go. Um, and it is quite hard go. I mean, I I do get that. I, I, for, so for me, I think it's like reading a book, right? Yes. It, once I do, you in, point at the words still because <laughs> sometimes yeah. I still do that thing where I'm reading and and I'm not actually reading. The words are something else in my head. So even though I understand what I'm saying, I can't, if there's a word that I can't read, it I still. Anyway, that's by the by. It's like a book. If I'm reading a book, I want to finish it and I want to get through it. And I think with a with a story like that, it's so difficult for me to get into that headspace again. Sure. Um, and especially because I've got so many other games that I need to be playing. Sure. That it becomes very difficult to try to get back there and into that space again. Because I, I kind of came away feeling like that was really intense. And I, it was exhausting. And I'm not sure if I can, you know, handle any more of that right now. But I did find maybe two days later and and i still feel it now so i, I, I want to go back in put mm. me back in there because i've I got to get them out those children are still there I know, right? and it's quite i i i, I really want to play it again because i'm not i'm not enjoying being sort of psychologically stuck at the point that i was stuck yeah at. and it was a really horrible point that we got stuck at Ugh. we just we just got to the point of alchemy as well so it, this is where this is the game changer this changes everything for right. your protagonist and and you know and we learn more about about the little boy as well yeah all is not necessarily so is not necessarily yeah, no, lost. Yeah. Anyway, a plague tale uh, out sometime. A plague this, tale. Uh, sorry, a plague tale. Sorry, thank you, thank okay. you. Well done. Okay, um, a tiny contribution. Uh, a plague tale out later this year. Speaking of children, uh, Hold on. suffering horrifically. Okay. Um, did you hear about the Fortnite Live Festival? No. So this is a couple of weeks ago. Okay, but. Um, I love this story, right? So Fortnite, biggest game in the world. Right now. Something like, is it 200 million players or something? something? It's insane. So obviously people are going to start trying to hit that market, right? Obviously there's your market. If you're a sort of events organizer, Mm. Fortnite Live. Yeah. 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 With real splashy blood. So um, (laughs) all I'm going to say is uh, Steven Spielberg with Ready Player One. Yeah, could have saved a lot of money. He could have done. If you're looking for some sort of dystopian, bleak, real world, Norwich. <laughs> so they had a Fortnite Live festival in Norwich. Wow. In Norwich. Wow. Uh, underwhelming. Well, is I mean, Norwich how they is. Put it. Oh, I, oh, you're talking about the festival, not the city. So, uh, Two thousand eight hundred people turned up. Okay. Uh, Was Alan Partridge Fortnite, one of them? I mean, um, and. Uh, there was a space for archery. Okay. Which is very big in Fortnite, right? I don't know. Yeah, or it's something. a weapon. Yeah. Um, so 2,800 attendees. How many archery stands do you think there were? One. Four. Four. Not, not huge. There was one climbing wall tower with room for three climbers. So that's seven children you've entertained so yeah, far. Yeah, yeah, Four go-karts. Uh, nobody dressed up as uh, characters and people were still queuing two hours after the gates opened and uh it was amazing so it cost so hold on they 12 did... to 20 pounds per so person so did they not did they not open did they not like have a massive field and people would queue up inside of the thing or did they have to queue up outside to get in i i don't know uh, i'd like this is from the guardian uh oliver phillips from Sudbury suffolk said he and his 10 year old son theo were at the front of the queue when the event opened at 10 a.m uh, by which time early bird ticket holders were already leaving 10 a.m. Wow. wow. The attractions, he said, were pretty rubbish. It was the sort of thing you see at a school fete. <laughs> Apparently there's a cave experience, which he says in, was... In, in Norfolk? In Norwich. Uh, in Norwich. It was well, a, in Norfolk generally it's flat. There's no... There's there are no there. caves. Yeah, there are dikes, <laughs> but no caves. He said it was a trailer no bigger than a car with a tunnel through it. Wow. Isn't that heartbreaking? Wow. And people have paid for hotels and all the rest of it. Um, 
Who's the organiser? Sean Lord of Exciting Events. And he said there'd been problems with queues as eight of his 19 staff had not turned up on Saturday. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and he'd given a refund to everyone who had asked, but refused to say how many people had claimed one. Well, you're dealing with people on an individual basis, he said. He said a lot of people had a fantastic time. A lot of how many uh, How many people were there? 218, did 2, you say? 2,800 people. 2,800, and off the 2,800. Four archery, four go-karts, and a climbing wall for three. <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a cave. And a cave a experience. A cave of wonders. Yeah, the size of a whole car. Well, um... Good times. Good times. I, I don't really understand Fortnite, I'm not going to lie to you. Um... Have you played it? Yeah, I tried, and I tried for about five minutes. And actually, I need to get in touch with with uh, with the guys that are, that, that are doing the PR for it because I need to get on it. I'm asking you this in confidence. Mm. Are you a bit rubbish at it? I'm is that what this is about? Um, Did you get? I, I am. No, no, no. I, I, no, no, I am rubbish at it because I only spent five minutes playing it. And and the problem with games like this is is that if you don't get on them early bird yes you are immediately at a disadvantage because there are people here that are spending their lives playing nothing but Fortnite. so if you're trying to figure <laughs> if you're trying so for example um is it one of those things that once you attain a higher sort of rank it's you're easy, going it to become easier. more powerful yeah and, right. becomes, and and obviously it's about muscle memory it's knowing where the buttons are and as i've said to you time and time again it's very difficult for me to stick with one game because i've got to play so many games at once yes that going back to a game is i have to relearn i am already gaining some sense of that yeah do you see? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah so no man's sky for example when we came back and we played it a couple of weeks ago yeah. you saw how long it took for me to get my head around and even though i spent over 130 hours in the game yeah it still had been long enough for me to erase it because i've played a, a plethora of games since then and Fortnite was like was like that in fact i got it completely wrong on my <laughs> here we go now again so uh, i was in a, really i was happens. in a te- i was in a team game jake yeah um you're loved and you're safe and yeah you'd thought so until i started seeing people on the map and they were all behind you and i was and they were pointing and i was killing them all and i was doing really well it turns out i was killing my teammates <laughs> <laughs> And I was wondering why. So that's what. Oh, uh, play! It didn't really uh, appeal to me. Uh, so I didn't. I killed them all. I killed them. They were looking at me as if Funny. running away, and 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 yeah, in well, game kind of kind of surprised, like bumping, bulging up and down, and 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 I had yeah. no sense. And of shaking their heads weirdly. No one. But I killed my whole team, and I was Amazing. like, "Yeah, this is awesome." Amazing. And it wasn't until I was descended upon. Yeah, by everybody on the. I killed all of my team. Like nobody was there to have my back. Wow, it's like Mission Impossible the movie. They're <laughs> dead. They're all dead. They're all dead. Amazing. They're all dead. So that was my experience. I haven't been back to Fortnite. Do you think that this um, sort of phenomenon of online multiplayer kind of gaming because everyone's trying to tap into this now. Have you heard about the new battle royale Tetris thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. This thing where you start with 99 players yeah. all playing the same thing yeah. and then you get eliminated and can yeah. you stay on. That sounds horrific. I mean, it's competitive. It's competitive online gaming. Um, I, think there's a, I think there's definitely a place for it. I think it's good. I think actually there's a real sense of achievement when you beat another human player. When you're, when you're beating AI, it's not the same. It doesn't matter how high the AI uh, level is it's not the same it's that sense of achievement that you get from taking somebody else out from absolutely ruining someone yeah. else's and actually charming. this isn't this concept isn't new they used to have no. a quiz game uh, on the xbox specifically so it was like a 99 people would enter and they would and it would it would eliminate players you know how they've got these kind of live quizzes now on your mobile yes. phones it's yes. very similar to that so so I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it and i think there there's definitely um, an audience for it we've seen that there is um but but i see you see i see online gaming as a very different thing so aisha my my, my wife will 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 watch you know movies and tv shows and i'll play video games that's our evening and and actually um i play video games with all of my mates that's how we socialize now. who gets the big screen everybody gets their own screen no, no, no. oh I mean, between me and my wife yeah. i do <laughs> It's work. It's work. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> it's work. We're moving soon. So she has to watch movies like, on her phone? Uh, no, no, no. On her laptop. Oh, fine. So it's, it's, a, it's a 
15 inch laptop yeah yeah so it's, it's big enough micro for the wife micro for the wife yeah, yeah, yeah 50 inch plasma for me yeah uh, we're moving soon so hopefully that will, that will all change of course it will. um but the um, you'll have a garage i have a garage <laughs> yeah that i sleep in yeah. um i'll be banned to um but but what's anybody that says that oh you know you spend too much time online and it's not good enough i i don't really agree with i think it's really important to to understand that balance that actually this is how we socialize now and this is how we spend time and a lot of people yeah are able to catch up with their friends and play with their friends through video games. Yeah. Do you not think, though, like this whole idea of battling people online with a game like Tetris, do you not think it would be better if we were all lamping each other in an Asda car park? (laughs) The way we used to. Um, It's very difficult for me to answer this question because in the current state of Brexit and with everything going on as an Arab Arab and as a Muslim, I can't really uh, comment on that. Yeah, Yeah, I think it would be much better if we just took people out in Asda car parks, as long as we didn't do it in Waitrose, (laughs) kept a bit of modicum of respect somewhere. Um, Yeah, no, you know what? what what annoys I'll be I'll tell you what annoys me. Tell me what annoys you. I'll tell you what annoys me. Yeah. It's 10 year olds playing 18 rated games. That's what annoys me. Oh, yeah. Because not only are they better than me and have faster <laughs> reflexes. And that's what this is really about. <laughs> but, but they shouldn't be playing this kind of stuff. Right, right. They sh- because they can beat you. Well, no. <laughs> okay. Totally. Like totes. Um, but no, it's because... Has anybody done any... Well, I'm sure people have done studies about kind of underage children playing these sorts yeah, of games. Yeah, so actually I did. there is any... Um, uh, <laughs> it was did. it was a feature that we that we wrote uh, that I spent about three weeks interviewing psychologists, psychiatrists, child therapists, and everything else. Now, the the, the kind of takeaway from that wasn't wasn't as bad as people make it out to be. What was bad though was the normalisation of violence. Oh. That was what the takeaway was. It, it it wasn't about that they think it's all right. There was nothing to do with it. You know, they understood that this was a game world. Um, and I think the psychologist that, or the psychiatrist that we spoke to, who was the key um, psychiatrist in the Manhunt trial, I don't know if you remember that. It was a teenager that killed uh, another teenager with an axe and they blamed it on a, on a video oh, yeah. game. This was about seven or eight years, probably a little bit more than that now. Um, but I spoke to him and he's like, no, no, the, the disconnect from video games to the real world takes between three to five seconds. So the moment you put your controller down and look away from the screen, it takes you about three to five seconds to come back to the real world. To get into a video game world, it takes a little bit longer than that. It takes five to ten minutes for you to... I don't know if that's true. I mean, I remember in my 20s, I played Driver, I think. Mm. Great Great game. game. (laughs) Great game. Uh, And I remember I was driving through London, having been playing it quite intensively for some time. And I was going down Shaftesbury Avenue, and I was like, what am I doing sitting behind this bus? And for a split second, I almost just went and drove the wrong way down Shaftesbury Avenue, because... But but you didn't. Why wouldn't you? But you didn't. No. And that's the point, right? I I mentioned to you Smuggler's Run a couple of podcasts ago, where I was knocking down animals and humans, and they were bouncing around. I went out to McDonald's very late one night after playing that for several hours, and I did contemplate knocking down a human being. Um, I didn't, to be absolutely perfectly clear, but the thoughts run through your head because it's residual. Hmm. And I actually asked that question specifically to the psychiatrist. He said, it's absolutely normal for you to feel that. He said, but the difference is you didn't do it Hmm. because you know you're in reality. But also the difference is that, well, you know, as you say, you're an adult and you're Mm -hmm. able to make those distinctions. Yeah. And there's all these studies now. Have you heard about this whole social laughter thing? Yeah. They're realising now that it's not until into your 30s yeah. that you discover how to use laughter as a social tool. Yeah. In your 30s. Yeah. And you think, well, wow, if, if, if it takes to your 30s to do that, what other kind of cognitive things are you not really able to do, certainly in the first two decades of your life and possibly the third and fourth? Mm. No, you're right. I mean, look, there is a lot of stuff that we don't understand how the brain works, but, but giving a child... Uh, adult content is it doesn't matter how mature the child is there's still stuff that they're being exposed to that they shouldn't be exposed to because it needs an explanation i think that's the kind of the takeaway from it and and some of these actions are adult wrong adult actions that children shouldn't that these kids may never actually come across in their life they might actually they would never ever unless they choose to play these games or 
or, or whatever. Um, or if they live in your mum's house. <laughs> What's wrong with my mum's house? Well, is it all them fights happen there, isn't it? Tech all of them fights, all of them rebels. Street Fighter. Was it Street, street Fighter or Tekken? Street Fighter 2, mate. So, yeah, so it's very interesting. But it's funny because addiction is becoming a big problem. Um, and there is a video game addiction. It's not been classified. It's not been taken seriously. But as we speak, and we're actually talking to the World Health Organization at the moment, um, and as are other publishers, about whether or not they're going to classify video games as an addiction. And to watch this space. I think you'll be you'll be interested to see what the World Health Organization's research has found from from that research. Oh. Research is what I was trying to say. If you have any suggestions for what the affliction affliction should be called. <laughs> That's love a good to know. One. I'd love that. Yeah, Checkpoint Mzine, that's the Twitter handle, checkpoint at com, or actually just visit our webpage. Just, or just go and eat a stuffed aubergine. <laughs> what are we doing next? Are we doing the quiz? Or are we, do we need to do more talking about the thing no. in Paris? Quiz. By the way, there was a sideline to Paris. Um, there was kind of another story going on. It wasn't just a plague tale. Um, there was another heavy narrative going on and... You made uh, it heavier well, than it needed well, to be. <laughs> okay. Let's just let everyone listen and see what they think. So we're on the platform, St. Pancras. Yeah, and to quote every action movie that there's a well, to paraphrase. I am too old for this stuff. <laughs> this is the game you play when you're like twenty-four and it's exciting to work in the games industry as a journalist. And you don't go to bed because you've got an early train in the morning. And so you, we stayed up all night. We were in the bar in St Pancras, just doing shots. Yeah. And oh no, I know, I'm completely bladdered. Bandersnatch. And now we're going to Paris. There's a lot of people here. There are, sorry. There, is, there are a lot of people I think here, you mean there. of, they're of a lot of people. <laughs> Which is of the people uh, here that have clearly not slept. No. And we look like that, but we're sort of battle-hardened as parents. We can deal with this. Um, but the thing is, sorry, if I can just pour this one second. Um, I've just taken the microphone. I've just taken the microphone off, Tomo, because I know, I know what's going on. Right, he's saying we're going to Paris on some sort of press junket for the launch of a new game. Come on, it's 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 the day before Valentine's Day. He's taking me to the city of love. This is a joint podcast. He's going to propose. Uh, I, know, I know he is, so we'll just have to find out. What did, what did he say? Nothing. I'm going to stop this and listen back. No, 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 no. So that was the morning at St Pancras Station. Then we arrived in Paris, and that was nice. And then we played the game and did the interviews. And after that, we had a little bit of free time. And we found ourselves footloose and fancy-free in Paris. Well, it's been great to... Um, it's been amazing to come to Paris, and particularly to steal this little moment. Or the vegan moment. This, well, this little moment here in, in Paris. You know. Thanks, babes. It's uh, and Valentine's Eve. Well, I just... What? What? Don't look at Nothing. me like that. Don't no, I just, like that. no, I didn't know if you were going to... If You want me to propose? Is that, is that what you're angling oh. for? Oh. oh, my God. Um, can I think about it? No, I brought you all the way here, made you play video games, wined and dined you on vegan food in Paris, which... Oh, vegan sandwiches, and that is amazing. You know, in Paris. So, what were more you, do you want? You, like, was this one of those, like, see how it goes things, or were you, like, definitely, definitely going to propose to me? No, I mean, no, I wasn't going to propose to you, and and I feel I feel like I'm under pressure. I feel like I'm under pressure I feel like I'm under pressure now to propose, so it's going to be a kind of an empty proposition. So I don't know how you feel about that, but if you're all right with that being the basis of our relationship, then... Should we... I think that sums it up quite nicely. <laughs> All right. He's not talking to me. Switch it off. Switch it off. Switch it off. Now, there was some expectation there that I really did not... I mean... Wow, still You, you were exhausted amazing. and I was exhausted and, and, and there was still this... 
there was still this expectation, Jake, that I, I couldn't, I couldn't read. And so by this point, I'd realised that I'd upset you. Mm. We, well, we entered a, a taxi. Did you? Well, did you? Well, we did. But to be honest with you, we were distracted by the taxi rides to Gare du Nord. The smell was unbelievable. And, um... And when we got there, you were blanking me. I mean, we got there and our train oh, wow. was cancelled. Um, so we had an extra hour. In the city of love. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what did we do with that? Well, I went to the Mont Blanc shop. And, and I bought tabbouleh. <laughs> and you talk about the Mont Blanc shop and there's the third pop. Oh, yes. Episode. Yes. Tamar was very excited at the Mont Blanc shop. <laughs> anyway. So, so I asked you, I asked you, well, th- well why don't you just have a listen? Can't believe our our train's been delayed again or cancelled. It was cancelled this morning. Jake. We've got some vegan uh, salad stuff over there. If you fancy, do you want to go pick some up? Jake. Dude, what's up? What's up? Fine. You're not. You're obviously not fine. You're. Oh, you won't even look at me. I'm fine. Wife at home that's like this. A wife on travel that's like this. Wow. I can't, I can't do anything right by anybody. Listen to me. If you don't know what's wrong. And I can't help you. Was it the mirror's comment? <laughs> anyway, Tamir, I have forgiven you. Thanks. But please. I do want to, you, certain reassurances from you <laughs> if we are going to have a future together. Look, because I'm not... I go on. Have I have. Mm. I'm, 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 I'm ready. I'm ready. Like to I'm have. <laughs> if this is addressed how in a way is. that I'm mouthing words, it's not working. <laughs> I thought maybe so you could think about what you want. Well, I know what I want. It's, uh, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not the same. As but what, what you, you want. don't seem to understand is what I. Need. You know what I need? What? A quiz. Yeah! Yes, it's time for the Checkpoint Podcast Quiz. So, the, I'm really excited about yeah. your Quepson one Quepson. Uh, audio. Yes. It's literally just me pitch-shifted. But, here's the thing. <laughs> I made a discovery about my voice when you pitch-shift it, right? Have a listen to this. Hello, and welcome to the Grand Tour. I'm not Jeremy Clarkson, I'm Jake Yap, but I've pitch-shifted myself down five semitones. The reason being, it makes me sound like Jeremy Clarkson. Is it the pitch-shifting that gives me that strange, tired, jowly kind of quality? No one really knows, but the truth is... I am a pitch-shifted Jeremy Clarkson. I love it. Isn't that horrendous? I love it. It's horrific. I love it. Imagine finding that out about yourself. Yeah, we, you know what we should do? What? Stop gear. The p- Oops, Ooh, sorry. Feedback. Sorry, say that again. Uh, we, we, we should do a podcast called Stop Gear. <laughs> um, I, 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 can you pitch-shift my voice and see if I end up like Richard Hammond? Go up. We'll take you up. <laughs> take me up a bit. <laughs> All right, we'll do that in the next one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, excellent. So your next podcast will be brought to you by Stop Gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the fake Jeremy Clarkson. Yes. And but here's fake. here's Jeremy Clarkson to announce the first question. Question one. Okay. Tamir, now b- bearing in mind before... You're two nil up as well. Oh, I, I thought it was one nil. It's one two, point. Two, no, you got two. Two points. Yeah, green hole zone and total air wall. Green hole zone. You want to get that checked out. The f- Here's your question. Um, what was the first game, and I haven't checked this, to feature multiple endings depending on how you played the game? Oh my gosh. Uh, Sorry, it's hard. 
That is a hard, hard game. Yeah. I mean, let's say consoles. Don't worry about. Okay. So okay, that makes it a little bit easier then. Um, it doesn't really make it no, it any easier no, it at all. It's horrible. Um, it's a horrible question. It's a boring question as well. Sorry. It's not a boring question. I the mean, answer is Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. Oh, Bandersnatch. Amazing. Um, That's so clever. Bandersnatch. I think... I don't know what I want to say. I mean, I, I want to say... I want to say Resident Evil. Do you want to Yeah, go on. It was a sequel. I mean that doesn't. I mean that doesn't help. Resident Evil, Resident Two. Evil Two. Um, <laughs> Had the word Simon in it. No. Castlevania Two. Simon. Oh, I said I'm oh, not supposed to do the answers shizzles. yet. I'm not supposed okay. to do the answers. No, yet. you're not supposed to do the answers I've yet. Hold it. on. Uh, Fine, Jeremy. Castlevania. Co- sh- Jeremy. Question two. What is the record for the most number of pressing presses on a button on a controller? How many times in one second? With uh, with the special aids, so you can buy controllers that you just hold it down and it does it, or is this physical No, tapping? this is physically tapping. Uh, per second, yeah. you want. In one second, can I do what's the record? I'm pretty fast at this. I'm pretty fast, actually. I could probably set the record, actually. <laughs> probably about, about seven or eight. Which? Eight. I'll go for eight. Eight. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, question three. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, the next question is: What news story provoked the creation of Angry Birds? That's a good question. Thank you very much. That's a really That's good excellent question. Excellent question. Uh, which news story? So that would have been. Goodness, that would have been around two thousand and sank. nine. Sank. Oh, was it sank? Two thousand sank. No, sank. Two thousand sank. Oh, five. Two thousand. No, not on five. I'm saying sank, not sank. Yeah. Oh, something. Sank like that. Sank like that. Yeah, sank. Um, two thousand. I think it's about two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. What news story would have provoked that? Couldn't have been Lord Bath, could it, with his firing of uh, of cows from his estate on a trebuchet? Was it? <laughs> Cow trebuchet. Very good, though. It launched in two thousand and nine. Yeah, it would have been top, top marks for that. Yeah. I'm going to give you a point anyway. Oh, thanks for two thousand and nine. I mean, I don't know the news story. Okay. Uh, question four. Thank you. Uh, next question is: What does Popeye have to do with Mario and Donkey Kong? Oh, I know this. Of course he does. Oh, of course I he does. I know this. It's not just the world record holder for button pressing. He knows this. Come on. Um. Oh, I'm, I'm going to kick myself when you tell me. I do know this and I, can't, I genuinely can't remember. I can't wait to watch. <laughs> I can't remember. Is the 2009... Is the Angry Birds thing? Was that to do with something to do with frozen... Checking on engines or something, firing at jet engines, maybe. And anyway, uh, Popeye, I know this. Was it? This is really annoying me. By the way, just to let you know, I'm writing the answers down on my bank statement. (laughs) That's how together I am. Was it? Yes. Popeye was actually Japanese originally. Go on. Um. Because Popeye was used as a propaganda tool for the war. I mean, that was that was his whole thing, being a sailor. But um, there is something I can't remember. I'm going to really kick myself. Okay. And your final. Quote. Just to say, you were supposed to make it easy this week. Uh, I know. Just and so. then I ran out of time, and it was just easier to do hard ones. <laughs> Sorry. Such a salt. Yeah. Question five. What is the oldest car in, as we now know, it's pronounced Forza? Horizon oh, three. Oh, in Forza three. Yeah. Horizon or non-horizon. Horizon. 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 The oldest car. Forza. Forza Horizon. Forza three. players. So that was Australia, wasn't it? That's right. Um. Which I mean, it looks horrific. That game. I mean, it's fun to play driving around, but. I don't know, the idea of being in Australia and everyone going, ah, oh, it's beautiful weather, 
What Isn't about it? a barbecue? You're not vegan, are you? It's oh, my. The oldest car. Yep. The oldest playable car. Um, there are kind of two. The the one is uh, is it the MGB? The MGB. Are you uh, just making up letters? No, no. The okay. MGB is was, the a, QF was a famous F. Or it may. I mean, the the one that I really enjoyed playing in Forza Horizon Three yes. was the uh, Robin Reli- Reliant Robin. It's a beaut. It's a beaut, and you, there was an achievement for the for the. Uh, Reliant. If you rolled it. If you... No, it was a specific... You had to jump a specific distance and you had to max it up, get it to like a Class A or a Class S. Right. And you had to have stabilisers on it because it would amazing. just... It would just roll. Um, what an amazing car but that yeah. was. No, I can't remember. It was a lot older than that and it would have been It would have been a lot older than that. It would have been like a, a, a really old school Merc or... Or it might have been... You know what? It might have been the Jaguar... The Jaguar... Um... I'm letting you have all the answers in the oh, world no, because I love you. And I really thought Paris was going <laughs> to... I can't... I don't know. I don't know. The, the thing is, Forza, that's a hard question because there are so many cars. There are literally hundreds of cars. Yeah, I know. And, and I may not have even unlocked it. Probably. I, probably. So... Okay. So go. So Well, I'll, should we just take you through the answers then? Even though I did the first one. <laughs> So question one uh, was, uh, what was the first game to feature multiple endings, depending on how you played the game? It was... Castlevania 2. Yeah, Simon's Quest on the nails. Uh, Question two, the world record for the most depressions of a controller button in one second was set by Toshoyuki Takahashi. Oh, that means it's going to be at 80. A Japanese gamer. (laughs) (laughs) 16. You said eight. Double. Yeah, double. Wow, wow that's so really fast. He's, he's, yeah, when you consider like TV runs at twenty-five frames a second. Yeah, I mean he is literally a frame a second. <laughs> yeah, done. Uh, then I asked you what news story provoked the creation of Angry Birds. No, I know, I, know, I just can't remember this far back now. Well, uh, according to the former SVP of brand marketing, they were inspired by the then rampant swine flu epidemic. House. Oh, the so pigs. People the pigs, just wanted to get birds. rid of pigs. And now you understand a bit why they were green. Yeah, they were ill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Suddenly it makes sense. Okay. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, question four. Sorry. Question four was, <laughs> what does Popeye have to do with Mario and Donkey Kong? Well, Nintendo wanted to make a Popeye game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah. couldn't get the licensing yeah. rights because... Yeah. Presumably, the Popeye estate was like, what's Nintendo? Yeah. So they invented a Bluto-like character called Donkey Kong. Yeah. And Popeye turned into Jumpman. Yes. Who became? Yeah. Mario. Yeah. So, uh, named after the company's warehouse landlord. Yeah. Yes, I knew that. If you'd asked me that. that. Well, I didn't ask you that. But you did did get 2009, so I'm going to give you a point Yeah, I don't think you'd give me a point, actually. I think that's You not... said it was Lord Bath firing cows out of a slingshot or something, a trebuchet. trebuchet. Do you know that that's true, <laughs> right? Uh, I believe it. I mean, He, he did. I mean, is he, he's dead now, I think, maybe? I don't know. Um, check me, you can say what you like. But he... Um, Hang on. No, no, it's all Lord right. We're not under Ofcom rules. Bath. And we're on dead. podcasts, so... Uh, oh, really? So we can so just we can slander just and... Slander and oh, amazing. Lord Bath are. dies. That was 1992, though. No, it's wrong Lord a new Bath. one, right? How many baths... How often do you have a bath? <laughs> Lord Bath, that was the, the hippie dude that was... Oh, yeah, he's dead. He's he dead. left yeah. just... The Longleat guy. Longleat, yes. He was... So he did. He, he had was, a great look, didn't he? he had and a, I feel he, like he had a real signature he was, smell. He, yes. So he he... he for me, he was uh, basically the West Country version of, and the more eccentric version of Billy Connolly. That's how I always mm. saw him, um, but, but less humane. But he used to get, I think it was him that used to fire animals, dead animals, on a trebuchet across his estate. Why not? Just because how else do you unwind? <laughs> very good, very good trebuchet <laughs> unwind. What do you do? Yeah. Um, anyway. So, yes, sorry. Uh, and the final... Oh, you said frozen jet engines as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I was I just throwing just, yeah, everything at that. I, I, I knew it was somewhere okay. in the back of my head, but I didn't. But I actually didn't know. Oh. I didn't know the answer to that. So, final question: uh, What's the oldest car in Forza? Forza. 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 Horizon Three. Uh, it was the Quartz Regalia. Uh, Do you know about this? No. It's the oldest playable car in the series with a year. 1936. 723. It's a fictional car. Oh. What are they talking about? So that's not really a question. I'm, I, I said there were two. Okay, okay. What's the other one? The Bugatti Type 35C. Oh, nice. Okay. Introduced in Forza Motorsport 7, Doritos. Doritos? Doritos. <laughs> flaming hot Doritos. Car pack. <laughs> and that's from 1926. Amazing. Well, well done. I've got nothing. No, you got a point. No, 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 I'm not accepting that. you got a that. point. I'm yes, not accepting I've, it. No, I'm, I'm absolutely having you have because that. Because it wasn't really take the question. It, take it. If you'd asked me what year no. was... Take it. No, because they're really hard questions. Yeah, but that's my... That's your fault. Well, yeah. Or so are you baggage. happier with the bitterness? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be... Look, I Paris was one, one thing. The quiz is another. Let's just listen, say we're even. Listen, I have moved on from Paris. You can't leave it alone all right you had your chance now i told you i am going on that hindu all right and i am going to be gone for a week and i am going to mobs and what happens happens because you have cut me free okay um, if you liked it do you know what you should have done what should you I should have put a ring of it <laughs> thank you Damn it. <laughs> what I like is there's a genuine bit of unease in your face of like you're tapping into some moment, some time in your life. I know you, you've got, you've got me. Uh, you tongue tied. Um, well, anyway, uh, no carbs. Zero, zero points for me. I'm not accepting that point. Well done. Be by the point. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, so very quickly before we go away, you've been playing Splatoon two, haven't you, on the Switch? I have been playing Splatoon two. What do you and, think? Um, it's a great game. It's a lovely game. It's very Jack and Daxtry. It is. It's got all of that kind of and Ratchet and Clanky. Yeah, it's got yeah. all of that kind of fun. But it's hard. It's like we're, we, it is hard. Yeah. It's again human players. That's your problem. So well, I haven't been playing any of the networked online thing. I've just been going through the missions because there's missions okay which yeah, yeah, yeah. is kind of great because i've got and that's blooming hard as well right my little boy he's been wanting to play it ever since he saw stampy on youtube playing yeah, yeah, it yeah. and like it was it was half term last week clutching at straws man <laughs> so and he t- he told me he had been dreaming about splatoon oh, i was like i gotta him. let this kid play this game and since i haven't given him pocket money for like 20 weeks we went and bought it and it was he was so happy but it was so hard it is hard it is really hard and he you know he's only five yeah and there is that weird expectation that you expect your child to be able to pick up a controller and know exactly how to play yeah it. I, I get like that with my girls and and, and and this is hard because um the the it's all you, you yeah. tilt and swivel the controller yeah. to kind of guide and aim and uh, you can switch that off. Don't yeah, you? I think I might switch that. It's off. a lot easier. It is quite a lot. I mean, for things like Mario Kart, it's great. Right. Uh, for for a child, because their natural response yeah. is in it's a car to is to lean and steer. In a game like that, it's not particularly it's, intuitive. It's, it's not hugely helpful. But um, he he's he's determined. I mean, he's so determined to play it. But it's one that it's actually been quite nice because we can sit and play together, and I can still be a hero to him because i figure i've got about five years left years, before yeah. i am completely redundant yeah, in this three, relationship three or four years tops Max, right yeah because yeah. then he'll he'll know how to do everything by the age of seven he'll be yeah it's game over so i'm enjoying these last little moments of being a hero dad to yeah. my child yeah by being the one that can defeat the boss on three to win. but i did sh- i did shout <laughs> i shouted quite loudly at a boss level oh did and you he which got, one he got a bit upset this toastery bread oven thing oh, shoots yeah, bread yeah, out and yeah, you've got to yeah. get it. And yeah. uh, I was like, come on! He's like, Daddy! It's like, it's all right, darling. It's darling. It's, it's, um, it's like, Daddy's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure Daddy's not a monster. We will play that online together. Actually. That sounds fun. What have um, you been playing, should I ask? I've been playing Far Cry uh, New Dawn. Uh, I've been playing more Crackdown. Um, uh, there's a load of games I can't talk to you about that I've been playing. Yeah, mate, well. I'd love to, but. Um, but yeah. Uh, some next level. Some good stuff. stuff. Far Cry Dawn is basically Far Cry 5, uh, and it's set 
post. I think, did we talk about this? Did Except I you play you? a character called Dawn. <laughs> no, no. Hello. You, you, um, it's, it follows on from Far Cry 5, and at the end of Far Cry 5, there's a big nuclear fallout, oh, and you're oh. living in a post-apocalyptic world. We're going to do a whole thing on Far Cry. In fact, the next uh, checkpoint issue, um, and I'm going to announce it here. It's not gone out yet. But the magazine's going to be free in, at the end of March, March 29th. What? Checkpoint magazine's going to be free for everybody to download. That's um, awesome. We're really excited by it. And we're going to have the full interview's going to be in there, Far Cry. And the whole magazine is on uh, dictators and dystopian society. So the whole issue is about dystopian games. These are my kind of people. Well, this is, it's going to be great. So, um, and, and we're looking at how video games are, you know... Actually, and you'll hear this in the interview, I'm not going to say it, but one of the questions that I asked James when he was writing Far Cry 3 is during the development of, of Far Cry 5, the original game, which take three or four years to develop, um, there were the ramp-up to the elections in 2016 for the US. And nobody oh. could foresee that a, 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 a person... How fast might, we were hurting well, how, To what effectively was the game. Oh. So it's very interesting to see that actually the, the, the society has shifted so much now that we are in that world where, where the video game developers go to to create a crazy world that is now our reality. So that's what the magazine in March, April is going to deal with, all of that stuff, some really good stuff. We've got Tropico 6 in there, we've got Far Cry, we've got Metro Exodus, we've got loads of great, great games that have kind of dystopian fallout uh, the Fallout franchise as well. So some really good, and some really good interviews. We've already got them in the can. So really something to look forward to. Also, Tropico is my favourite French soft drink. <laughs> is it? Quand c'est trop, c'est tropico. C'est tropico. Which you never bought me any of in Paris. Well, you spent so long in that supermarket. Anyway, let's because not go was, there. All right. Let's not go because, there. Because, fine. Let's just, let's just wrap it up. You're right. Um, thank you very much indeed for listening. And uh, if you would subscribe, if you would share it with people, and if you could personally review, uh, it means something. On some level somewhere, there's some little algorithm that pays attention to that, and we get millions of pounds on a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> In your wildest dreams. And, and actually, it's a great time to thank everybody that has downloaded it. We've, we've yes. been really... Uh, like amazed by uh, the stats that we've had over the last couple of weeks and we really appreciate you listening and downloading it's been it's been great and and look this is your podcast as much as everybody else if you want to get in touch with us all of our social media stuff is in this the, the bottom bit here visit checkpointmagazine.com uh, you can access all of our social media platforms there and yeah. you can mail us and message us and we will uh, we will mention as many people as we can and Definitely. if there's something that you want us to talk about then please let us know yeah um, yeah, yeah, just hit up the stuffed aubergine in the bottom bit. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.